the one man handy job. We'll just move on. <laughs> oh my god, did I really say that? <laughs> Don't worry. The, the magic yeah. of the magic of editing could fix it, but uh, the magic of comedy says I'm not going to. So go on. <laughs> <laughs> The Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Welcome back, Liberty friends, Liberty nerds, Liberty psychos. I'm glad to have you here on another edition of Lions of Liberty, your home for great conversations about the ideas of liberty. And today we're going to have a great conversation about the candidates running to represent the ideas of liberty. Through the Libertarian Party, that's right, we're going to be discussing four of the major candidates seeking the Libertarian Party's nomination in Orlando, Florida at the end of the month in this episode 208 of this program. And that's important because you can find the show notes today featuring links to many of the things that get mentioned throughout the show over at lionsofliberty.com slash 208. I'd also like to mention our sponsors today. Our good friends at LibertyManiacs.com, your one-stop shop for killer Liberty gear. Whether it's t-shirts, whether it's mugs, bumper stickers, my man Damacall's got it all. So head over to LibertyManiacs.com and use the discount code LIONSOFLIBERTY to receive 10% off your entire order. We are going to get right into things in today's show with this little debate or perhaps a discussion, if you want to call it that, regarding some of the many personalities currently running for the Libertarian Party's presidential nomination. To do so, I've gathered several advocates for four of the main candidates, those being Governor Gary Johnson, Austin Peterson, John McAfee, and Daryl Perry, all of which have been on the show in the past, except, unfortunately, for Governor Johnson, who, despite a few attempts through several channels, I have not been able to book on the show. But in spite of that, Governor Johnson is still considered by many to be the frontrunner for the Libertarian Party's nomination. But the nomination, of course, is not decided until the Libertarian Party's national convention in Orlando the last weekend in May. And until that time, the delegates, several of whom may in fact be listening to this program, I have it on good knowledge that several are, as a matter of fact, uh, some are even on this program. Uh, but until then, the delegates, you know, they have some time to decide. And I'm hoping this can be, you know, at least one tool that people can use to help make their decisions. So without further ado, I want to bring in the advocates, starting first with the advocate for Governor Gary Johnson. He's making his second appearance on this program, hailing from Yakima, Washington, I believe it's pronounced. Mr. Gavin Keefe. Yes, pleasure to be on again. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing super swell. You're doing swell. And why don't you just briefly, before we get to everybody else, I want everyone to just sort of introduce uh, their affiliation with the Libertarian Party. Kind of what what's your interest in the party? How did this start very briefly? And and uh, then we'll move on and, and then we'll get into things. So, Gavin, just, just tell us briefly how you kind of became involved with the Libertarian Party and, and what your role has been, I guess, on the political side of things. Uh, well, uh, my path to libertarianism actually started through uh, you and Brian McWilliams about seven years ago. And then uh, I've worked my way up, and now I'm on uh, the board of directors on the LPWA for uh, Region 6. And uh, I've ran for city council last year. I'm running for district or uh, state rep this year and uh, just furthering the cause. All right. I like it. And moving along, I've got uh, from right here in sunny Los Angeles, he is John McAfee's preferred uh, vice president running mate. He is Mr. Judd Weiss, of course, someone who many people know from having their photographs and their Facebook profile pictures taken. Judd, welcome back. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. 
Of course, man. And uh, why don't you just briefly tell people, obviously, there's a whole interview that they can listen to you about your kind of history with the Libertarian Party. But just give us a, a very brief snapshot of Judd Weiss's involvement with the Libertarian Party, your interest in the party and and all that. Oh, well, the party, I, I, I've been I've been on and off for over the years since like I think I started getting into it like around 96. I was 16 at the time and I would show up at these Libertarian Party uh, meetings at like Denny's and we were the only teenagers that would show up. That was like way back in the day. Everybody was old and, and we were like, there was like two teenagers anyway. Uh, but fast forward right now to this election, I'll, I'll just actually briefly tell you my opinion on the whole scene what we got right now with, uh, with Perry Peterson, Johnson and McAfee. I think that after seeing that debate, it really crystallized, you know, the Stossel debate, it really crystallized for me that Peterson really went out, out of his way to demonstrate a, a high fluency. And he really did. He, he beat everybody in that factory. He showed he, he knows his stuff and, and respect to him. Uh, Perry, Perry demonstrates that he's 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 come, coming from the hardcore purist libertarian standpoint. He's extremely principled. And respect to him for that. He is holding to his principles, and he and he knows his stuff very well. Gary Johnson has the uh, credibility of formerly being a governor, which is very very uh, valuable, a, a credential. And McAfee, in my opinion, he wins in the cool factor all the way around. He's just such a cool guy to to pay attention to, to hang out with, and he's an incredibly in, in, engaging, dynamic figure. He still is a very uh, he still is fluent enough, although he's not as fluent as some of us who have gone further down the rabbit hole. He's more than fluent enough, very, very intelligent, has lived a libertarian lifestyle for a lot longer than most of us can claim to. And uh, he speaks from a very philosophical uh, perspective, even though he keeps it very simple. And I think that right now our perspective with this campaign is just to have be an introductory element of he is – and us, we are just introducing these ideas by catching attention and turning heads and then sending people down the factory assembly line to other voices in the scene for, for deeper digging into the liberty movement. And so I think that's a good division of labor that instead of starting off with a dissertation, we are just introductory. And I, I, that's, that's my perspective on McAfee in relation to everybody else. All right, great. And uh, moving on, we also have with us today advocating for Daryl Perry, who was interviewed very recently on this program, episode 204. If you just do a couple clickbacks in your iTunes feed, it'll be right there. Uh, she is hailing from Atlanta, Georgia, Miss Amanda Parsons. Hey there. I'm glad to be here tonight. Thank you. How are you, Amanda? And, and we'll, we'll try not to do too much of talking about the candidates in this part, but just briefly kind of give us your association with the Libertarian Party and, and kind of how you got where you are today with this whole thing. Sure. Um, I was heavily active in the Ron Paul movement back in 2012 and got sucked into the let's take over the Republican Party and make it better again and quickly became disillusioned with it. Um, I switched my views to a voluntarist anarchist viewpoint and became really good friends with Daryl. And since we have the same belief system, even though I said I wasn't going to vote this year, I said that he was definitely somebody I could stand behind because of his principles. So I jumped on board. Um, I'm his volunteer coordinator for his campaign, as well as his district uh, two or region two coordinator, which are the states of Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. And I've been working with him now and will go down to Orlando at the end of May and be a part of all that as well. All right. And finally, representing Austin Peterson, hailing from somewhere near Akron, Ohio, Justin Gleason. What's up, man? 
Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Great to have you here, um, Justin. And yeah, like just like everybody else, just give a brief little snapshot of your involvement with libertarianism, the Libertarian Party, and and you know your role with the Austin Peterson campaign. Great. Um, my libertarianism and you know fighting for the liberty movement started in about uh, 2012 with the Ron Paul campaign. Um, I volunteered at his campaign headquarters. I volunteered for Grassroots for Liberty. Um, I did the uh, Ron Paul is the Choice of the Troops March on Washington and actually went out to Iowa to stump for him at the caucuses. And then in 2014, um, I did volunteer to work for Charles Earl, the uh, libertarian governor that I was trying to run then. And that was before Kasich napalmed the entire Libertarian Party of Ohio with a SB 193 and all that nonsense. Uh, so that sort of didn't go anywhere. But then uh, this go around, um, I've been much more involved. I am the uh, Ohio State Coordinator for the Austin Peterson campaign. And for the Libertarian Party of Ohio, I am the Central Committee seat A for the uh, District 14. All right. Now that we've gotten to get to know you guys just a little bit, a little glimpse into your involvement here with the Libertarian Party and libertarianism overall, let's really dig into these candidates. And obviously, you know, I think all of us would probably agree with these guys more than, say, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Ted Cruz, uh, the people that the media are telling us to support. But, um, you know, you each have very specific reasons for being advocates here today for the specific candidate of your choice. So why don't we just start again? We'll go back to Gavin here since you haven't really got to talk too much about Gary Johnson. And what, first of all, the first question I want to know is what do you look for in a libertarian presidential candidate? And then why does your preferred candidate meet that definition? So, Gavin, I'll let you start first. What do you look for in a candidate and why does Gary Johnson fulfill that role for you? Well, as a third party, we don't get to play by the same rules as the, as the major two parties. So the first thing I look for is experience. I think that's by far the most important thing because that's what – uh, the American voter is going to look for if they're not going to vote for their original party. Uh, I think uh, a candidate who knows how to run a campaign is insanely important. Gary Johnson has been all over the place from NBC News to MTV to BBC to CNN, Fox News, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he knows how to run a campaign. He's getting his name out there and he's getting the national media attention that the Libertarian Party hasn't gotten decades. Uh, he's the most most likely candidate to hit the magical 5% number. And as a party hack, to me, there's nothing more important in this election than getting at least 5%. And for the reasons I listed previously, I believe Gary Johnson is the most likely to hit that 5%. So, Gavin, just so, just to kind of dig into that a little more, since that 5% number that you're looking at is – is one of the main reasons for supporting Gary Johnson. Can you just kind of, uh, for people that might not be aware or might not know why that number matters to some people, what, what is the, the purpose behind that 5%? Well, there, there's two levels. Uh, the, the 5% gets us politi a major political party status. We can get it on the national level and on the state levels where he hits 5%. So here in the LPWA, if he gets 5%, we no longer have to uh, struggle and fight for ballot access. In 2020, he'll automatically be on our ballot. And then on the national level, if uh, if he gets 5% across the board, the uh, national party, and it's awful to say this, but we get subsidized and it levels the playing field uh, against the major two parties. And it's really the only route th this party can ever grow because without that 5%, we are nothing but a club. All right. 
Moving on to Judd. Judd, you, you talked a little bit about McAfee and his cool factor and the reasons you were first uh, attracted to him. But why don't you get into, I guess, that, that sort of initial question, what, what you think the ideal Libertarian Party candidate should be? And then why exactly does John McAfee fulfill that for you? I guess I jumped the gun a little bit last time. That's all time. good. Uh, the, that's okay. So <laughs> That's how uh, much a rebel you are the, in the McAfee campaign. You know, <laughs> performing. <laughs> that's all good. Yeah, actually, that that is the whole point of our campaign. We're totally redefining what, what's possible with politics because both McAfee and I are thoroughly nauseated by the generic political plastic we're all consuming here. So what, what we want to do is completely ignore the rules of how things are done in the political world and reimagine something better. And that's not that hard because the bar is not too high to do better than what's currently being done because politics sucks. And that's an understatement. So we're, we're trying to come from a different perspective. I'm not sure if you've seen the last two videos that I put out. Uh, have you seen those yet? Well, because I'm a libertarian on the Internet, I, I've seen them. I, I don't, I'm okay. assuming most of the people uh, on this call probably have as well. Right. I didn't want to come from a different place. I tried to come from a different galaxy and show that you can do something very different to get your messaging out than just speak to the camera and tell the, uh, tell the audience your top three issues. I, I, I'm crafting experiences with this. And McAfee is a very dynamic character, an incredible media figure. Outside of the Liberty scene, he's he's incredibly well-known uh, for good and bad. But he's he's a character that everybody pays attention to and wants to see what this guy's going to be doing next. And and right now, the guy, the guy is – when you have somebody that, that we need people to pay attention to – we need them to want to pay attention to him. And McAfee is a guy people do, they love to pay attention to what he's go. He's just a very fun, entertaining character. He's very articulate, very dynamic. And, and I feel like it would be a, a missed opportunity if we didn't put forward our strongest, uh, strongest character like John McAfee to, to represent us in this election. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going for five percent. I think we can go blow way past that with, with a with a media figure like him. He's commanding a lot of news and a lot of attention, and uh, and he's just he's just like taking America on an adventure, and that's what we're going to be doing with this campaign. So I'm really excited about him being being our at our uh, at our forefront. All right, moving on to Amanda. Amanda, what are you looking for in a Libertarian Party candidate, and why is Daryl Perry your man? When I look at a candidate, I try to find one that most closely resembles the ideals that I possess myself. And knowing Daryl for several years now and talking to him, I know that our ideals are closely matched. And the reason that he is the person for me is that he is not status quo. He is spreading a message that is at times a radical message, a very far out there message. It's a message that people are not used to in the public and being able to spread that message and get the word out. Hopefully we'll get more people on our side, but I like the fact that he sticks to his ideals. He's unwavering and he is not status quo. All right. And finally, we're going to head over to Justin Gleason. Justin, what are you looking for in an LP candidate and why is Austin Peterson that guy for you? Well, I think it has to be a, a combination of factors. Um, it has to be uh, both like that personal appeal and electability and like presenting a good face for a party that people don't necessarily know very much about. And it also has to do um, the other side of that is, you know, having really solid positions and really knowing, um, you know, your background within within your know, libertarian principles. And I think uh, 
Austin Peterson does a really great job of that. And he also has just such a great um, command on social media and just the way he sort of presents himself to everyone. It's definitely a stark contrast from the two major parties. I mean, I first, when I first heard about Austin Peterson, I just sent him a message on like his basic page. I was like, hey, I like what you're doing with the campaign. I watched one of your live streams and it was cool. And then a minute later, he sent me a message back saying, awesome, thanks for supporting. Can I give you a call back? And I think that's something that's so drastically different, you know, from what we see with the two major parties where I'm sure if you send a message to, you know, the Hillary Clinton Facebook page, an assistant to an assistant to an assistant to the butler will respond to that within a couple of days. <laughs> you don't think Hillary's so, out there just calling, calling donors and volunteers? No, I don't think so. Not unless they're George Clooney, I guess. <laughs> um, so, and then he just takes it one step beyond that even. And uh, he incorporates, you know, there's been a, uh, some Ted Cruz live streams that have come up recently and his supporters have been sort of infiltrating those and saying, Hey guys, you know, if your guy doesn't make it, maybe you should check out AP. And then instantly after that, people will screen cap responses saying that, Oh yeah. Like if, you know, Ted Cruz doesn't make it and oh, I'm in the never Trump crowd, you know, Austin Peterson is the guy I want there being that, that votes uh, to sort of represent me because there's a huge fracture going on within the GOP right now. And I think it's a great opportunity to take advantage of that, um, and he gets good media coverage as well. And then in his media coverage, he sort of gets um, uh, tacit endorsements. Like he did a Crowder, uh, Stephen Louder with Crowder interview recently, where at the end of it, it wasn't just like, thanks for coming on the show. And, you know, it's a pleasure talking to you. It was, you know, thanks for coming on the show. And you seem like the kind of guy that maybe, you know, Republicans could vote for and then, you know, go down the party line to vote Republican, the rest of it. But at the top of it, you know, you do seem like some that you could support. And I think that's even a step beyond just getting the media coverage because that's getting, you know, the media coverage plus like that bump saying, hey, this is someone to definitely consider. So, so right off the bat, I guess my first observation just listening to you guys is that, you know, the ideal Libertarian Party candidate isn't even going to have the same criteria for everybody. And that's something we all kind of have to keep in mind because there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer here. And there's not going to be I'm not going to raise anyone's hand at the end of this thing and, and declare a winner. But, you know, what we do want to do is try to let you guys have the chance to sort of uh, lay out the case for your candidate and, and check out some of the positives. And I know that's what I told you before the show, but I'm already going to throw a little curveball in because I think it's fun to try to be critical of ourselves and be critical of our own side, because I think that's really the best way to prepare for criticism from others. So what I want you guys to do now is sort of think about what the biggest weakness of your own candidate, whoever you've attached yourself to here and decided to advocate for, what is their biggest weakness, um, either as a libertarian candidate or you can even project towards like a general election and, and how you they might be perceived in that sense. So uh, we'll, we'll stick to the same order for now, not, not to be too routine here, but uh, we'll start with Gavin. Gavin, what do you think Gary Johnson's biggest weakness is? as a Libertarian Party candidate and as a candidate overall? Well, I think it's pretty obvious what Gary Johnson's biggest strike against him so far in his campaign is, and that's gay Nazi cakes or whatever it was. <laughs> um, I, it was the first time in his campaign where I was and like... Why don't, you just, why don't you just sum up the, 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 the issue real quick? Because I just want to make sure people that if there's right. any Libertarian on the planet that somehow doesn't know about gay Nazi cakes, just, just to fill them in. <laughs> Although I don't well, know how you could be a Libertarian on the internet and not not have seen 20 gay Nazi cake memes by now. Well, on the uh, Stossel debate, they asked about discrimination and Gary is like, well, I'm against it for a private business. And uh, then Austin was like, well, what if a Nazi walked into a Jewish bakery and made, forced him to bake a cake? And Gary is like, well, I think he should. So that uh, was 
you know, pretty striking uh, in a terrible way. But um, I think it's also a good political move where libertarian the libertarian philosophy is not well known. It takes actual education to understand and believe in the libertarian philosophy. And a big thing that we have to focus on or realize is making smart political moves, and it's all about timing. Because my goal is to create a libertarian philosophy that lasts. If we rush into libertarianism, it will – I mean if, if we got a libertarianism, libertarianist government tomorrow, it would literally crash the world. It's going to need to be a slow uh, process to move into it, kind of like just – you know, it's just the tip. I think Gary Johnson is the perfect just the tip. <laughs> is that going to be the campaign slogan you're out there with, Gary Johnson, just the tip, just the tip of the Johnson? I- I think it would be pretty good. It goes well with Feel the Johnson. Because that, that's got to be bad. a hashtag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hashtag Feel that Johnson. All right. So uh, first of all, and I, I want to let you guys know, I mean, if you want to rebut Gavin's point or any of the points anybody makes at some point, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, or we can we can just move on. But, uh, you know, I, I, the gay Nazi cakes, it's, it might not be a big issue for uh, the, the world at large. But in the libertarian niche uh, Facebook community, it certainly has been a, a contentious one. <laughs> Uh, but, it, but if there's nothing else to say on that, uh, we'll move along to Judd. So, Judd, uh, looking at McAfee, you think he's cool. You think he's someone that can really appeal to people and appeal to the mainstream in many ways. But what do you think the biggest weakness of John McAfee is as either as a libertarian candidate or, or how things might play out if he made it to a general election? Uh, the, the biggest thing about McAfee is that he's a maniac, hardcore <laughs> maniac. And, and I, I've met him in person, so I can vouch for that. But – but um, what I would say is that if I work really hard uh, for many years, one day I hope to be half the maniac that is John McAfee. It's going to take a lot of work for me, but I, I have a lot of respect. The guy is hardcore. I mean, he, he escaped from a manhunt by Belize soldiers through the Belize jungle and got into Guatemala. Um, I, I mean, you know, th- this guy is not living a normal life. Uh, I mean, and he, he's got... He's got some baggage from the Belize situation, so uh, so he made that uh, how to uninstall McAfee antivirus software as a parody ad to 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 deal with the, how the media was treating him. The media was was uh, constantly trying to put all these gotcha articles out, so he just owned it. He was living with seven women in Belize. He had a bunch of guns. He was uh, he had a chemical laboratory out there because he had an antibiotics company. They were, they were researching and developing antibiotics. But there were suspicions that it was a meth lab, which it wasn't. So he made that absolutely ridiculous parody video. And right now, that's like, a, let's just say a little spicy for most of the general public. It's a little spicy. And, He's got some scantily clad ladies dancing. He's doing a little, uh, I don't yeah. know, cocaine, fake so, cocaine, something like that. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's like a sign that says bath salts. So he's he's certainly not trying to fit the presidential image mold, and good, good, because right now that's just boring and uninteresting. McAfee's a lot more interesting than that, but yeah, definitely the guy is a maniac, and I and I love him for it. And it sounds like you really do view that weakness as, I mean, a perceived weakness by many, but for you, a strength. Well, it's something that will cause problems with, let's say, Midwest housewives out there. But we're not targeting Midwest housewives. We're totally going to be targeting youth with our campaign. Uh, This is a protest campaign and a publicity campaign. And we want to move the Liberty protest needle further than it's ever been moved before. Take the lead where Ron Paul left off 
and have a very dynamic character like John McAvee and I help push that a lot further. All right, moving on. Amanda, your man, Daryl Perry, it's not that long ago I spoke to him on, on this show, and I can speak from personal experience on this, that he's he's very well-spoken on the issues, and I don't think he'd have a problem up there debating issues on any debate stage, but you know, if you had to look at him as a, as a candidate a bit critically, which you do right now, because I'm making you on the spot, what, you, <laughs> what, what would be his biggest weakness, I guess, would, would you say, of Daryl Perry as a candidate? While his message is amazing, I also have to say that I think that his biggest weakness is the radical nature of his message. I actually agree with what Gavin said that in order to have this libertarian society that we'd like to achieve, it's going to have to be done over time. And as each candidate, whoever gets elected, only has four to eight years to do what they need to do to achieve the libertarian society that Daryl has in mind, I think would take a lot longer than four to eight years. So to put a message out there that's so powerful, that's to the extreme, it makes it seem like it is really extreme and radical. Um, when we've lost our freedoms as a nation, they've done it little by little. So we can't just implement ideas like Daryl's overnight. So while his message is amazing, and I've, I completely am in, on board with it, I think the radical nature of it also is a weakness for him. So while you agree with the message, you just think it, it, it does have the, the risk, I guess, of turning people off just simply due to, to how radical it is compared to – even compared to what's being said in mo- by most libertarian candidates. Well, it's a really, really strong message. I mean – People want to be individuals. People want freedom, but there are many people out there who don't understand the true nature of what freedom and individuality means. And when you hand people individuality and you tell them, hey, you have the right to own yourself and you don't have to let anybody else run you, uh, with that comes a lot of responsibility. And that's a lot of responsibility people today don't want to handle. They want other people to run their lives for them. All right. And finally, we head back to Justin Gleason in Akron, Ohio, or near Akron, Ohio. Justin, what is Austin Peterson's biggest weakness to you? I think his biggest weakness, you know, he's been called out on it in debates, uh, is just his age and then, you know, the maturity level that kind of goes along with, you know, being a younger, the youngest candidate running. But I think he handled it really well during the Stossel debate and sort of took the like the Tyrion Lannister route. Where, you know, you take what they're going to say about you and you use it as a shield and use it as like a weapon, you know, and they'll never be able to hold it against you. And he listed, you know, you know, founding fathers, you know, and the fact that they were all very young and, you know, those very young people had very radical ideas and they pushed forward a movement and a revolution and it was very successful. And he can also use that to his benefit just by sort of going outside of, you know, the established rules a little bit. He could push that a little bit more. I remember after the Stossel debate, there were some complaints that he wasn't following like the gentleman's rules of debates because he was like directly calling out uh, people during the debates. And it's like, yeah, but that's something he can kind of do because that's the persona that he has. You know, he's like this young buck that will push the limits on that. And that can be seen as a very positive thing, especially, you know, if you have to go up against Trump and Hillary, like you don't there's not going to be rules that you're going to follow that won't be stacked against you. So I think you can sort of take that passion um, and that enthusiasm and like push it forward. 
All right, now I'm going to mix up the order a little bit. Now I'm going to I'm going to start with Justin this time. So so we can stick with you here. But you know, one thing you always hear libertarians talking about just uh whether it's in general or or particularly in, in relationship to candidates is often this issue of of purity and purism. And uh that obviously even and with that is going to have different meanings for different people. And we already discussed the uh the gay Nazi cakes and how uh even Gavin admits that that Gary Johnson is not very pure uh, on the issue of, of property rights when it comes to that stuff. So uh, I guess what I want to kind of gauge from you guys is is how do you think your candidate rates on the purity scale, however you guys want to define, I guess, libertarian purity? Um, do you feel that they are very pure or maybe not that pure? And and then just kind of why you support them either despite that purity or because of it, if that, if that question makes sense. But if you could really just speak on, uh, I guess, how you see your candidate in terms of libertarian purity or in terms of what people would perceive, at least within the libertarian mu- movement, as being pure. So we'll start with you, Justin. I mean, do you think Austin is a uh, quote-unquote pure libertarian to you, whatever that might mean? and Or do you think that that's a – I mean, I know that's – I can tell you right now that's a criticism I, I often see of him. So, So can you speak on that for a minute? Yeah, and I see the criticism go both ways, kind of depending on what day of the week it is. Sometimes it'll be called like GOP light, and then sometimes it'll be called like chew purist on you know certain um, issues. And I think he does fall somewhere in between. I don't think he's like the purest candidate when it comes to um, you know all the libertarian ideals, because sometimes he will like quote the Constitution, and that's not a one hundred percent libertarian you know document. And then also um, sort of take some issues that are more like towards the status quo and not, you know, exactly the libertarian ideal. But I think that's kind of where the conversation has to be. You have to have some incrementalism. Otherwise, you'll be seen as kind of this outlandish character if you uh, sort of take it too far. And I think he walks that uh, narrow line very well where he, he seems to be very electable and you can really relate to people and quote like why you know, it should be this way as well as he can sort of lead us towards a much more libertarian uh, society. So when it comes to, um, you know, purity, whatever, however you'd like to define that, I don't think he's the most pure candidate in the race, but he's certainly very far down that road where any issues where it isn't 100% pure, it's still, you know, acceptable because he can back it up with um, why, you know, he feels that way. All right. I'm putting my, my guest randomizer on here, but I, I want to skip actually back to Gavin here since we already did touch on this this purity issue with Governor Johnson. I think you'll even admit that the gay Nazi cake issue doesn't make him pure. But um, what, obviously, you've already, since you've already said that he's not a pure libertarian, I mean, I guess I guess what I'd like you to speak on here is is why that doesn't matter or why, why that doesn't matter so much to you and or why the, the benefits of the, that lack of purity, um, I guess, or, or whatever benefits there are to a Johnson campaign, they outweigh whatever lack of purity there might be. Well, Gary Johnson, I mean, he's not a purist, but he's still a libertarian. You know, I'd, I'd rate him probably a, a, a B to a B plus on this if there was that type of scale. I mean, he hits home on the drug war. He hits home on foreign wars, hits home on crony capitalism. He hits home um, on, on taxes. Uh, I, I love the uh, consumption tax idea. Most people I talk to about it love that idea as well. I think Gary Johnson's – what he says outside of that cake is why I support him and his experience. I, I think uh, I'd, I'd rate him a B plus. 
So basically, I mean, you think that the, the issues he's not pure on are while they might, you know, cause some kerfuffling among us, among libertarian types. So when it comes to the the overall message that you're trying to have delivered to, I guess, uh, the, the population overall, you don't think that's it's really an issue. Well, to me, this election isn't about 2016. It's about 2020. It's about 2024. It's about moving forward. I think just the tip of the Johnson is a perfect. <laughs> you're gonna to you're gonna get that thing trending if it's the last thing you do, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I, I, I think he is just enough libertarian for outsiders, whether they be re- Republicans or Democrats, uh, to start looking into our philosophy because he relates just as well with Democrats as he does with re- with Republicans. And I, that's d- definitely a candidate that we need. Uh, you know, uh, it was mentioned earlier that uh, Peterson is halfway between Republican and Libertarian. The last thing I think the Libertarian Party needs is to be considered even more so an extension of the GOP. I think Gary is a perfect balance between fiscally conservative and socially liberal where you can draw from both sides. Uh, if I could say something in response to that, you can. You great. can. All right. Great. Um, I wouldn't really call him, you know, a middle ground in between Republican and uh, Libertarian, because uh, he definitely like quotes the Constitution more than like any Republican I know. So even on the ideas where he goes Republican, he is still like far, far outside the mainstream of like Republicanisms as it stands today. So uh, I, sh- I, sh- I should have clarified uh, with. with his uh, when you said that people see him as GOP lights or two peers is what I was talking about. You mean people okay. people within the libertarian movement? But I mean, do you think that that perception extends beyond that? I mean, are, are, I don't think there's any mainstream Americans thinking G- are, are people GOP light. I mean, do, do, do mainstream Americans even think in that terms? I guess is what I'm I'm wondering. Well, I think Austin Peterson definitely comes off from the conservative side, and that's automatically related with the GOP. Sure. I mean, I, th- I think that's a fair point. I mean, I don't know if you would disagree with that, Justin, but I mean, I just maybe on a um, surface level of the rhetoric in many ways, he, yeah. he might come across that way. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily um, disagree with that, but there's so much um, movements away from the GOP right now that I think there's a real fracture there that can be very well taken advantage of um, with a person like Austin Peterson, because, you know, he has Glenn Beck contact him saying, you know, I'll be looking for a you know candidates to support if he becomes Trump. You have sitting U.S. senators in the Republican Party saying that they're never Trump. Uh, you don't hear as many people from the never Hillary side. And I think you know there's a lot of advantage that can be taken uh, from the Republican side. And you know we talk about it being in between the middle, or you know we can pull from both the left and the right um, as it's seen in politics today. But when we have you know our former um, two party leaders, you know, Gary Johnson was a Republican, Bob Barr, Republican. So I think there is definitely an easier side to transition from. And I would say it's probably the conservative or the Republican side in America today. All right. And Judd, sticking on this subject of purity, obviously you are, you mentioned, you know, uh, that John McAfee is not your textbook libertarian. He's not, he's not up, up reading Murray Rothbard till 4am. Um, yeah. but, but what, what do you see? Um, I guess, is, is there some sense of purity, I guess, about John McAfee to you, how you might define that. And then, you know, how, how does that relate to how you think his, his ability to be a libertarian candidate would be? I consider myself a purist in a way. We all have our own views. Uh, we all, all of our, 
our, all of our arrows are not exactly aligned in the liberty movement, and, and a lot of purists have disagreements even where they align. Uh, but we're all moving in the same general thresh trajectory. And I think we can move together in that trajectory and move things forward that, that benefits all of us and, and, and satisfies what we're all looking for. As far as I'm concerned, a lot of people are jumping on Gary's throat about gay Nazi cakes and stuff like that. As far as I'm concerned, he's a Milton Friedman fan who became governor. And that's a beautiful thing. And we should respect it. That's not my problem with with Gary Johnson at all. I wish people would lay off him on that stuff. I just think he's just not exciting. He's not exciting to anybody, even his own supporters. That's my problem with Gary Johnson. If I wouldn't be in this if I thought he was. I, I feel like that's what we need. We need somebody more interesting and exciting. And we're just coming from a very introductory level with this, with our campaign. Uh, although um, McAveed certainly does have a, a great sense of these ideas and is able to flesh them out, I really don't think that that's what's important from a presidential campaign, nor do I think we need we need a purist to to give a an introductory lesson. It's like we don't need a very high level math theoretical mathematician to teach algebra. Often it's better that you don't have that so you can have somebody relate to people. our Our job here is to guide people from where they are right now to somewhere else. They're on a safe platform. We want to get them off of that platform onto a better platform. And in order for us to do that, we have to hold their hand. We, uh, and a dissertation isn't going to do it. Uh, and, and nor is uh, waking them up with like an ice bucket of truth. It's not going to get them to come over. So we, we've got to take a different approach. And right now, uh, our, our movement, in my opinion, it, uh, there is no war between the the the. Um, uh, the purists and the moderates. There is no war between the purists and the moderates, despite what people believe. There is a war, and it's between the salesmen and the engineers. And not all of the... Uh, and the problem with our movement is that the engineers have thoroughly dominated that sales department. And so you look at... And the engineers just aren't effective, because if you can imagine what would happen at a car company if you fired all the salesmen and just had the engineers sell direct on the showroom floor, <laughs> you would have the liberty movement, because that's us. We were a bunch of engineers, and, and engineering is very valuable. It's incredibly essential. It's just that it's a very different skill set than sales. And so what, what I really believe we need to do here is, is bring sales to this great engineering, Allows, allow this well-engineered ideas to be sold and sold well. Trump brings sales without any engineering, and he's doing pretty well. There's no, there's no substance to what Trump's saying. He's never going to have the time to read these books and understand this stuff. It's never going to happen. But he's able to sell. And right now, we're, we're, a lot of us are just constantly mystified. How could somebody say something so stupid, like now the wall is 10 feet higher, we're just going to ban Muslims until we get this thing figured out? How is that possible that this could be said? It's because people aren't intellectuals, and we have to not only not demonize them for that, but understand where they're coming from and be able to connect where they are, hold their hand and bring them over without expecting them to become intellectuals. So as far as I'm concerned, it's not a purist versus moderate issue. It's a sales versus engineers issue. And in a lot of tech companies, you have fights between the sales department, marketing department and the engineers. It's very common, but, but we need, we need to be able to, 
to communicate without the engineers preventing us from doing so. That's what I really see as the issue here. That is a really interesting way to look at it. So would you say that the engineers are kind of the purists and and you're bringing on John McAfee as kind of the ultimate salesman? Uh, so I, the the engineers can be salesmen. It's possible. It's just a very different skill set. And so it, it somebody who's a good engineer shouldn't be able to sleep at night if the numbers don't add up correctly. But that level of nitpicky detail has nothing to do with introducing people to these ideas. And so uh, I believe that McAfee is a phenomenal salesman, a very powerful, compelling salesman for, for these ideas. And he's able to speak about them in a very easy to understand, digestible way that's also comfortable and attractive. And that's, that's a skill set that engineers don't have unless they gain sales skill. All right. And Amanda, I saved you for the last for this question for a reason. And that's because, I mean, it's, it's basically designed for Daryl Perry. Well, I'm not going to lie. The, the purity question. It's, it's uh, what his advocates say. And even many of his critics will say that he's the purest candidate. So uh, obviously, it might be an easy question to ask you, is he pure to you? And uh, but um, then could you also speak on to, you know, you spoke a little bit about why that purity could be a weakness earlier. But why don't you speak on why uh, that purity of the message, at least as, as you see it, and as many see it, uh, will be an advantage for him, why that will help him and make him the best candidate that the party can put forward. To be honest, I, I felt like you left me for last for this reason. <laughs> so we're right on board. With see this. right through um, me. Yes, I saw uh, where this one was headed. But um, as far as purity, if we're talking about a candidate who has the idea in mind of handing the most personal freedoms back to the individual and getting rid of the most government so that people can practice those individualities, then certainly it would be Daryl Perry. Um, he's right on board with abolishing federal government and wants to make sure that people can do things like drink raw milk without getting arrested because we have all these foolish so-called laws that we have in place to limit our freedoms. So I certainly think he's he's um, the most pure candidate. I think that, like I was saying before, it also could be a hindrance. I agree with what Judd said. You can't hit people over the head with ice cold water of ideas. Um, that's just not how it's going to work. It's going to take time to implement these thoughts. The, the thing that I say about <laughs> Daryl's ideas are that you are taking a futuristic scene and you are trying to tell them what you want the future to look like. But we have to take time to implement that plan little by little for them to really grasp it. You can't just say, here we are in this country with two parties and we're going to remove all of that and we're going to put this in its place and you guys are just going to deal with it. It doesn't work that way. Like I said, we lost our freedoms little by little and we've been losing our freedoms little by little and that's happened over time with not many people realizing it. So the ones who are awake, you know, most of them have joined the Libertarian Party or some faction of that, and they have decided they want something different. And that's why I stand behind Daryl, because while his ideas, I can see them happening in the future if we get behind the mindset and we have the time to implement. But he's he's offering us something in the way of that does not exist. The, every other party that exists that's been in place, it's not working. So even though his ideas are radical, we need to try something completely different because even something similar to what we currently have, it's just not working. 
So would you say Daryl Perry to you? I mean, you're talking about a vision for the future. Is he almost like a, a good sci-fi novel that's showing you something amazing, so show, trying to show you something great and lay out the world? We know it's not going to be here tomorrow, but I guess uh, maybe you get your imagination thinking about what the world could be. Um, I say in a way, except if you go back in history, there were actually ancient civilizations who ran a voluntary society that lasted 800 years or more. So this is actually an ancient idea. I think the problem that most people have is they, they say that too many people would not let, allow these ideas to exist. But the fact is, if we get people talking about the ideas, at least, and we plant seeds, it gives it a better opportunity than if the ideas are just swept under the rug. All right. Now, I, I, I want to get to our kind of our, our final mission statement soon here, because, um, I mean, I think the most important question that uh, any of us can present forward uh, about our, our preferred candidate here, your preferred candidate is, is how and why they'll best grow the liberty movement. But I, I think I'm actually going to save that question for, for your closing statement, because it's basically the same thing as your closing statement, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, I want to take a quick little detour before we get to that. And I want you to imagine a, a vision, a world where um, before the Libertarian Convention coming up in Orlando at the end of the month, whoever you're backing right now, they uh, I, I don't want to imagine something terrible happening. Let's just say they decide to uh, just hang it up and retire and not, not run for the Libertarian Party, not run for president anymore for whatever reason. And we'll, we'll call it a good one. Hopefully they, they won the lotto, something like that. But let's say your preferred candidate dropped out of the race, who would you, who would be the first person you would be inclined to move to? And I think that would be an interesting way to look at things and try to continue to look at some of the positives of these candidates. So, uh, Amanda, we'll start with you here. If Daryl Perry leaves, who's your guy? Um, after hearing them both speak, after talking to them extensively and hearing the passion behind what they had to say and the true belief in their message, I would throw my support behind McAfee and Weiss, actually. Um, got to meet them last week, talk to them. The passion that Judd was talking about in his message, it, sh it shined. And also you can tell he truly believes in what he's saying. And the same thing with John McAfee. Their messages were pretty much online with what I believe, voluntary society, individual rights. You, you can't go wrong with the message that they gave. So they would be the candidates I would support if Daryl was out of the race. All right, Judd. Since, oh, wow, uh, thank you, Amanda. I appreciate that a lot. That was beautiful. Since, since you got a nice little Thanks, endorsement Judd. there, I'll, I'll move to you next, Judd. So uh, let's say, uh, you know, John McAfee says, you know what, this was fun, but I, I'm not feeling it anymore. And maybe he, I don't know, moves back to Belize. Probably not that, but <laughs> just leave the race for whatever reason. So who could you see uh, changing your support to if that were to happen? Wow. Well, I, I mean, hanging hanging out with Amanda in Atlanta last week was really cool. She's She was so friendly. And the whole Perry team that I've met has been really cool. Like Will Coley has, has been awesome. And uh, anyway, I, I just like that crew a lot. Uh, surprisingly, Austin has been also extremely friendly to us. I was actually expecting him to attack me. I thought it was, I was a big threat to him. But he has actually been really friendly to our campaign too. Um, kind of surprised me. I, 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 like, I like Austin hanging out with him in person. I haven't liked all the way he's been campaigning. I feel he's coming off... I don't know, in ways that have been bugging me a bit. But I have to give him a lot of respect. Um, Gary, Gary's team has also, uh, well, I mean, they, they, they've kind of haven't been very happy with me, let's say. But but they, they've definitely shown some good structure and, uh, you know, they're doing some. I, honestly, it's hard for me to say who I would back because I haven't really thought about it. I've said uh, before that if if McAfee doesn't win, I'm out as a VP candidate. I'm not actually interested in running independently. I'm just interested in backing McAfee. I feel like 
me and him fit the best. And so if he's not if he's not the candidate, I can't imagine being a good VP for anybody else. To be honest with you, uh, so um, I, I honestly I you can rather, choose the field if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd rather I'd rather just uh, leave my leave that open. I, I mean, all, any of them are better than Hillary or Trump, and they, either one of any of them would get my support. That's for sure. All right, Justin. We'll, we'll move over to you then. If if your man AP drops out, decides not to pursue this whole, maybe he just thinks the Libertarian Republican needs more time. Uh, well, who would you switch over to? Who are you? Who are you feeling? Who's swayed you here today? I would definitely have to reevaluate all the candidates running um, just to see if there's anyone that you know matches up a little bit. Uh, you know, the closest with me personally in my like philosophy. Um, right now, though, I would say probably. Uh, the uh, McAfee campaign. And I like the most, um, you know, those videos they put out, they're very uplifting, very positive and sort of about unleashing, uh, you know, the, the ingenuity of the individual. And I think that's, you know, a very important thing for the libertarian movement going forward. Like that's a great way to frame it. And, um, you know, John McAfee and Austin Peterson have been very friendly. And even when the debates, uh, after Austin Peterson said a, um, a Second Amendment point. Um, I know McAfee was like, "That's effing brilliant," and that's that's always nice. Like to see you know candidates be cordial like that. Like it it makes me think that um, you know they do align a lot, um, just you know some different very slight ways. And I think the McAfee campaign's been running very well, and I've been impressed with them. So that would probably be at this point who I would say you know is my number two. If you want to say it like that. All right, and finally, we'll head over to, to Gavin Keith. Gavin, I, I, this is probably the least likely. I mean, I don't think any of these guys are dropping out before the convention, but uh, who knows? Maybe there's an emergency session uh, held in New Mexico. The, the governor resigns, and they bring Gary Johnson back for a third term, so he leaves. So so what would you do if Gary, some, for whatever reason, wasn't an option? Or maybe he got too stoned and fell off a mountain. I mean, I didn't want to say it, but it certainly crossed, <laughs> crossed my mind as a possibility. Uh, <laughs> maybe uh, he, fell, he fell out of his hot air balloon. Or, <laughs> Right. Oh man! And uh, fell, fell while eating his gay Nazi cake. Right, right. While riding his bicycle across the state. Um, you know, McAfee was really growing on me for a while until he made that comment about leaving the party if uh, we nominated Gary Johnson. That uh, royal royally pissed me off. So I'm going to go uh, Mark Allen Feldman. All right. A wild card. I like it. You know, I actually interviewed Mark Allen Feldman. By the time this airs, uh, it will have aired. So I, I highly encourage everyone to check out my interview because he really is. A, I, I'm sorry we didn't have an advocate for him on. Obviously, I mean, even even coordinating four people is tough to do, let alone eight, 10, 12, because there are many people that are running as candidates. But I got to say, from having spoken to the man for about 30 minutes or so, Really interesting guy. Really interesting um, way of crafting the libertarian message. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll second your props to to Mark Allen Feldman. Mark Allen Feldman, no endorsement, but props. Uh, cool guy. So do check him out too. Uh, and then I think I hit all of you on that one. So I think now it would be our time for what I will call our closing statement. But I, I think, and you can, you guys can frame it however you want. But uh, to me, the the most important thing overall, uh, whether it's politically, whether it's you know the liberty movement overall, the most important thing a candidate can do is is really grow this movement. And there might be you know many different metrics we might have for that. But uh, what I want you guys to do in your closing statements is just kind of lay out your vision for how and why your preferred candidate will be the best one to move forward the liberty movement to expand the liberty movement and and get more people out there uh, excited about the ideas of liberty um 
I'll go in the reverse order of how I started the show. So we'll start with uh, Justin Gleason representing Austin Peterson. Justin, why is Austin Peterson the best man to grow the liberty movement? Well, I think in a very short amount of time, his campaign has really taken off and, you know, they utilize social media the best. Um, His outreach is, you know, bar none. Uh, You know, it's all about the grassroots and connecting with the voters. And I think that's, you know, a big part of what has turned people off the two party system that they don't feel represented, that they don't feel people listen to them. And Austin Peterson will physically like listen to you on the phone. And I think that's a great way forward. And I think he just has a lot of enthusiasm uh, for everything that, you know, he uh, he approaches, like whether it's the debates or whether it's him doing live streams or whether it's, you know, him just connecting with everyone and getting the volunteers together and coordinating like all over to set up fundraisers and events and all that. I think there is a huge amount of like youthful enthusiasm and vigor that is the way to go. That's the way for the, the future of the movement has to start with the youth. And I think Austin Peterson understands the, you know, the technology as well as he just has that like youth card to play, if you will, um, to sort of get people very excited about libertarianism, the libertarian party and the movement going forward. And that's, uh, definitely, you know, his, uh, strong point. And as well as if it actually comes to the debates, um, I think he is, absolutely the guy to you know throw haymakers at hillary clinton and donald trump you know for 18 hours a day uh he's you know the social media pit bull that we want going after those guys and i think that will you know greatly you know increase the movement increase the momentum for the libertarian party going forward all right we'll move on to amanda amanda why is daryl perry the man to represent the libertarian party and grow this liberty movement I believe he is the perfect candidate for this because he is willing to talk about and approach ideas that people are not bringing to the main front. And I also believe that he is the candidate who will make sure that as many individual freedoms as possible are returned back to the hands of the people and not left in the hands of people who have no interest in what the people really need or want. And his ideas, like I said, although extreme, are the most beautiful, in my opinion, because of the fact that he does want every person to be the individual that we were born to be. All right. And we'll go back to Judd now. Judd, John McAfee, lay out your vision. Why is he going to grow this liberty movement more than anybody else? Well, he's got me. And so far, I've helped out a little bit with our imaging in this movement. Probably people have seen a lot of these photos of libertarians on Facebook. Um, I've got like 25,000 Facebook profile photos out there. And I think I've done a pretty good job of of improving the image and a desirability of being a part of this scene, which is, which is, I think, something that has been lacking for a while and not been given enough attention to. These last two videos that, that were put out were an evolution of what I'm bringing to the table uh, by, by being able to connect with people who are not libertarians and, and, and do something that's motivating people to actually be excited about what we're doing. Um, and McAfee is a guy... Or I, 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 I'm good at helping to build this image up, but he's the media figure. He's a much better speaker than I am. He's a lot more dynamic and, and just a lot more engaging. And I think that that's what we need right now. We, we want people to be paying attention to the libertarian movement and to libertarian ideas. We need a messenger, a very strong, powerful messenger like McAfee to do it. That's, and especially in this realm of, of a reality TV show that, 
the politics has, has come into is because of Trump. McAfee is the guy to play in that, that scene. I, I'd love to see Donald Trump try to intimidate McAfee. Donald Trump, if you remember, he was smacking around Rand Paul in those debates. And that's, that's because Rand Paul didn't realize that he's in a gladiator an arena and he's a patient intellectual in an arena with an ape. And, and he didn't understand what was going on there. And, and he, he had a very eloquent, like, I think there's a bit of a non sequitur there and a juvenilism to, to Trump. And then Trump just kept smacking him around and people were cheering. And I, I love to see Trump try to intimidate a guy like McAfee. In this realm of now entertainment reality show, by far McAfee's the best candidate to play in that arena, in my opinion. All right. And finally, Gavin, lay out your case. Give us your final pitch. For Gary Johnson. Uh, well, for it was said that uh, Gary is not an inspiring person. I completely disagree with that. Gary grew a, a one-person handyman business to pay for college into the state's largest construction company. His lifestyle, and and to emphasize on that, I mean, everyone loves Trump because he's a businessman, and we need to run the country like a business. I mean, what's more empowering, a guy who got two hundred million dollars for graduating college, or a guy who built a one man handy job, one man handy uh, man business into. Oh, I'm, I'm going to clip that quote off and, and spit that all over your Facebook page later. I can't wait, Gavin. Oh, what, good. The one, the one man handy job. We'll just move on. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I really say that? <laughs> Don't worry. The, the, magic yeah. of, the magic of editing could fix it, but uh, the magic of comedy says I'm not going to. So go on. <laughs> well, I thought we were supposed to be drinking alcohol on this, so I'm on my third uh, whiskey. So uh, uh, Well, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Gary's the ultimate, ultimate businessman. And, I mean, his lifestyle is admirable. And he's one of the most ballsy politicians we've ever seen. I mean, he was talking about the end of ending the war on drugs in 1999, two de- almost two decades before the rest of the country started talking about it. Plus, his remarks towards Trump means he, he won't be scared of going on the offensive. But the thing that's really important for this election for the Libertarian Party is introducing a, centra- a centrist who uh, can make it acceptable to vote third party. That's Gary Johnson. Uh, and then once people become okay with the idea that it's not a wasted vote to vote third party, and then we'll start winning locally. And that's re- really should be the goal of everybody in the Libertarian Party is to win locally because that is where we need to grow. We'll never win uh, the White House if we can't even get somebody elected to state government. Um, so that's how we grow the party, in my opinion. All right, folks. Well, I mean, look, I'm not going to declare a winner. Okay, yeah, I, I lied. I said I wasn't going to declare a winner of this debate. I lied. I'm going to declare a winner. The winner of this debate you ready for it? It's the fans. It's the listeners of this program. It's as cheesy as that is, because honestly, I think you guys all did a, a really good job of presenting a positive case for your candidate. And we discussed their weaknesses, and, and we all think they have weaknesses of, of some kind. But, you know, I think we all uh, did a good job of representing the movement uh, and representing the, the positive things that this can bring. And I think you all, uh, in your own very different ways, come at this thing from a, a very um, a very principled way and, and a principled way of wanting to see this liberty movement grow. We all have different ways 
that you're looking at it and different reasons for supporting your candidates. But I just want to thank you guys for coming on here and being uh, being very polite and being very nice. This is nothing like a Republican or, or Democrat debate. So uh, I really want to thank you guys all for, for being here. I think it was a very productive experience. And, uh, you know, I really hope this, again, as I said at the top of the show, that this can be a tool that delegates and just people in general can use to assess the candidates. But maybe more importantly, in the larger sense, uh, kind of move forward that conversation of how best to advance the ideas of liberty and how best to grow the liberty movement. Because I think at the end of the day, uh, that's the kind of lessons we're all going to take from this process and from from whoever does become the eventual candidate. So thank you all, guys. It's been a blast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us on. Thank you so much. Certainly. Nice meeting everyone. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun indeed. And I was happy to have all of these passionate, passionate advocates for candidates for the Libertarian Party for President on the show today. So I thank you, everybody. Judd Weiss, Amanda Parsons, Justin Gleason, Gavin Keefe. I'm going to keep this short, guys, because we already had a pretty long discussion here. But I do want to encourage you, if you enjoy the conversations that you hear on this program, to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher Radio. These are ways you can really help us boost our numbers, get us out to more people. And of course, if you can leave us a five-star rating and a great review on those platforms, we would really appreciate it. I'd also like to invite you to join the conversation by joining our private Facebook group. That's the Lions of Liberty Forum. You can just type that in your search bar. We also, of course, will link to it in the show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 208. This coming Wednesday... We're going to dig into this a little bit further, into this Libertarian Party, a little bit inside baseball. We're going to talk with George Phillies. He's been a longtime member of the Libertarian Party. He has been a Libertarian candidate himself in the past, and he has done some work digging into how the Libertarian candidates have spent their money in the last couple of campaigns. So we're going to dig into that a little bit with him in Wednesday's episode number 209. Of course, this coming Friday, John Odermatt will have another edition of Felony Friday, his weekly look at the criminal justice system. Plenty of great content for you here on Lions of Liberty as we aim to push this conversation about the ideas of liberty forward. It's been fun, kids, as always. Until next time, live long and live free.